Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 74, where we're discussing the constant from season 4 of Lost. The patch is done, but I don't know how long the battery will last. I hope she's there. I hope so too. Des, where are you? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on a boat. Um, I've, I've been on an island. Oh my God, Penny, is that really you? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's me. You believe me? You still care about me? I've been looking for you for the past three years. I know about the island. I've been researching. And then when I spoke to your friend Charlie, that's when I knew you were still alive. That's when I knew I wasn't crazy. Des, are you still there? Yes, yes, I'm here. I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, that's better. I love you, Penny. I've always loved you. I'm so sorry. I love you. I love you too. I don't know where I am, but... I'll find you, Des. I promise. No matter what. I'll come back to you. I won't give up. I promise. I promise. I I love love you. you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 74 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And we are discussing The Constant, a Desmond-centric episode, um, another big one. I'm really excited to dig into this one here and uh, talk about it. Um, Let's see here. So, Jack's group, you know, they're still wondering why Saeed and the crew, you know, haven't arrived at the freighter, you know, Mm -hmm. even though it should have only taken 20 minutes or so to get there. And Charlotte is pretending like she doesn't have a clue you know, why it would have taken so long. And Dan says, maybe we should just tell them. Mm. And he says, you know, your perception of how long your friends have been gone is not necessarily how long they've been gone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was a, that was a big aha moment for the, you know, whole time travel thing. You know, if you were Mm -hmm. still wondering, you know? Yeah. But I think it's interesting that, 
um, he's really confirming that there's some weird time oh, issue yeah, involved that, that was kind of triggered by them, you know, apparently going off of the, the bearing they were supposed to stay on. Mm-hmm. He says, it'll be fine as long as Frank stayed on the bearing I gave him. Um, if not, there might be some side effects, uh, which there were side effects. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, in the helicopter, you know, Desmond, Saeed, and Lapidus are riding along when they hit a storm and get knocked off their bearing. And Desmond wakes up, and he's in the Army again. He's getting yelled at for being late, getting up, and, you know, tells the officer he was having a dream about being in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And he's in the middle of doing his exercises, you know, when he gets, when he's back in the helicopter all of a sudden, he kind of jumps back and forth. Right. And Saeed asks if he's all right. And Desmond, you know, asks, who are you and how do you know my name? <laughs> so, yeah, that was freaky. Yeah. I mean, now what I don't understand, though, is like how this is working to where like, it's almost like he loses consciousness of what was happening to him before he went back in time mm-hmm. because you know obviously he knew he was before he had the flash and went back but when he came back again it's like he had switched places yeah yeah and instead of being his self now he was He's, a self yeah. from 96 exactly mm-hmm. but i mean that's the most sense i can make out of it anyway. yeah definitely that's what i got as well and uh, they land on the freighter, and it's clear they're not very, you know, receptive to survivors. You can tell that it wasn't their primary objective. You know, they just, they're kind of upset that they actually, Lapidus actually brought yeah. some of the survivors there. And uh, so they clearly have another agenda. And a big, mean-looking guy named Kimi uh, asks how long Desmond has been acting like this and says he's going to take him, you know, to the sick bay and have the doctor look at him. Mm-hmm. And then he flashes back to being in the army again. Um, he tells one of the other men about what he's experiencing and he says there was a photo and Penny was in it and he goes to call her on the phone and flashes again. Yeah. And, uh, Saeed uses the phone and calls Jack and tells him what happened. And, you know, Dan asks Jack if Desmond has recently been exposed to high levels of radiation or electromagnetism. Right. Any thoughts on what, like what connection those two would possibly have between him having these flashes and the fact that he was in the, you know, the Swan station for so long and exposed to the electromagnetism. Well, here, you know, I think you assume that they got off the bearing and that's why Desmond had the issues that he had. Uh But I assume, I'm assuming that it's because of the electromag, you know, the whole electromagnetic thing, uh, magnetic thing that mm-hmm. happened to him is why he's having the issues now see when I, when they were flying and they hit the storm and they were kind of knocked around a little bit it kind of showed a gauge and to me it was like it was trying to show us that you know they were going a certain direction and then that number changed and started to go off just slightly like one or two so i mean i thought they kind of showed us that the the bear they went off the bearing they were supposed to be on possibly the guy well the guy held it with two hands you know uh-huh. you know and and obviously i mean the way I, the way i seen it was that now i could be wrong but the guy if if they would have went off bearing i would assume it would affect all of them yeah but if right, you that's know true. but um maybe not if it just affected i mean it, it could be the combination of the two which makes sense too. That's true. Yeah, like know. maybe somehow. I mean, it could be that Desmond is the only one that experienced it because he was the only one that had been exposed to electromagnetism. Yeah. But yeah, it may also be that that's the only reason he experienced it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know it enough about that. Or actually, I don't know if there's any like real like scientific answer yeah. to that, other yeah. than you know, um, just for writing purposes. But. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. I'm. I'm sure there's somebody out there that knows. Yeah. I don't have a clue. 
And he says he doesn't know why, but going to and coming from the island, you know, some people can get confused. Mm-hmm. And he says it's not amnesia. So I guess that kind of speaks to that. It's it's almost like um, it was just the fact, you know, the them traveling from the island mm-hmm. is what caused it more than anything else. Yeah. So they get Desmond into the sick bay and lock him in there. And, you know, another man who's strapped down to the bed says, you know, it's happening to you too, isn't it? So mm-hmm. he's experiencing the same thing that Desmond has been. Yeah. And the doctor shows up and gives the man an injection and he's yelling that, you know, nothing can stop it and all this stuff. And the doctor starts examining Desmond and he flashes back to where he was before and he calls Penny. Mm-hmm. And he tells her he thinks something has happened to him and he's really confused. And apparently this all took place just after he broke up with her. Yeah. Um, you know, his flashes again, you know, and then end up talking to Dan on the phone. And I, I want to listen to that scene. But first, um, I was trying to place the whole timeline here of, of Desmond being in the army and where this fit into what we had seen before. Mm-hmm. And I think this comes like right after the flashes before your eyes episode, Yeah, you know, where he went back and kind of experienced that reality. That's again. right. That's how I had it. And yeah. so this is basically right after that. Mm-hmm. But what I don't know is if this, what he experienced in this episode had always happened. Like does Desmond like, you know, have a memory of this happening now that he's experienced it or well the way i got it and the way i'm seeing it now is this is the why he got kicked out of the military you oh know? yeah yeah good you know point. this is this is the reason that he got kicked out this is the reason why he went on this trip he remember right. he you know i think maybe like he knew he had to go to that island after uh-huh. this point you know you know it's like he had a mission he knew what he was supposed to do mm-hmm. you know back you know um you know, he, so I mean, I think that I, in my mind right now, this is this is the sets up kind of fills a big hole yeah. of why Desmond kicked out and all these things. Right? So. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, if he was going crazy or something, mm-hmm. or ended up getting dishonorably discharged and all this stuff, and but yeah, I mean, I just I have a hard time keeping track of what things actually happen in the future versus he's going back. And going back to that time period, 96 now, mm-hmm. and he's acting really weird because it's like a flashback kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what caused all the issues or if that's what had always happened. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. I, I'm, I, at this point I am assuming that the flashes is what caused him to go well in their eyes crazy, uh-huh. but also set the course of his life, you know, for what he was to do and yeah, right. go from there. Well, let's listen to the conversation between, you know, um, he and Dan on the phone. What the hell, Frank? You're not supposed to be down here, and definitely not with him. Sorry, Doc, but I got Faraday calling from the island. He needs to talk to this guy. No, Faraday's not talking to my patient. Now get out of here. Give Desmond the phone. Give him the phone now! Hello? Desmond. Desmond, my name is Daniel Faraday. We met yesterday before you took off. But I'm guessing you don't remember that. Am I right? Took off. What? Desmond, we don't have long to talk, so I need you to tell me what year you think it is. What do you mean, what year do I think? It's 1996. All right, Desmond. Desmond, look, you you got to tell me. Where are you? Um, I'm in some kind of sick bay. No, 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 not right now, Desmond. Where are you supposed to be? Where are you in 1996? Uh, Camp Miller, it's uh, Royal Scots Regiment. It's uh, just north of Glasgow. Dance. You might yeah, want yeah, to... No, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Desmond, listen. 
When it happens again, Desmond, I need you to get on a train. Get on a train and go to Oxford. Oxford University, Queen's College Physics Department, all right? What? Why? Because I need you to find me. What? My journal. My journal. I need my journal. I won't believe him. Why does he think he's in 1996? I don't know. I don't know. It's unpredictable. It's a random effect. Sometimes the displacement's only a couple of hours. Sometimes it's years. Wait, wait. This has happened before. The phone. Yeah, please. Thank you. Desmond. Go. Hey, go. Talk to him. I can't hold them for long. Uh, right? Yes. Okay, Desmond, listen. When you find me at Queen's College, I need you to tell me to set the device to 2.342. What? All right, you got it, 2.342. And it must be oscillating at 11 hertz. You got it, Desmond? 2.342 oscillating. Just, just remember that, 2.342 and 11 hertz, all right? And one more thing, Desmond. If the numbers don't convince me, I need you to tell me that you know about Eloise. Hey, hey, hey! He's very easy. Sit on Tell me that you know about Eloise. Sorry, are, are you Daniel Faraday? You are? Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm Desmond Human. I was told I could find you here. I think I've just been to the future. The future? Yes. Uh, I, I spoke to you there. You, uh, you told me to come here to, to, to Oxford to find you. You, you. you said you'd help me. Why didn't I just help you there? Future. Sorry? Why would I put you through the headache of time traveling? You know what I mean? It just seems a little unnecessary. And don't you think my esteemed colleagues could have come up with something just a little more believable? Huh? Well, what kind of a prank is that? Time paradox. So uninspired. Set your device to uh, 2.342 and, and make sure it oscillates at 11. This is where I do the things Oxford frowns upon. All right, this, this future version of me, uh, he, he referenced this meeting, right? Obviously. So, so I would remember you coming 
to Oxford, right? I would remember this here right now. Actually, um, no. No. Maybe you just forgot. Yeah, right. How would that happen? So, this, this is changing the future. You can't change the future. What's that for? Radiation. Do I get one? You don't need one. For prolonged exposure, I, I do this 20 times a day. So what'd you put in your head? <laughs> yeah. This, this is Halloween. What does this do? Yes, if the numbers you gave me are correct, what this will do is unstick it always in time, just like you. Sorry, how is a rat running through a bloody maze so incredible? What is incredible is I just finished the maze this morning. I'm not going to teach her how to run it until an hour from now. <sighs> so so you, you sent her to the future? No, no, no. Her consciousness, her mind. So, so how does that help me? You! Help me. I don't understand. Am I supposed to help you? Didn't I send you back here to help me? I don't know why you sent me here. All I know about you is you, you end up on some bloody island. An island? What island? Where, why would I go? So he thinks it's 1996, mm -hmm. uh, which is really cool. And um, when it happens again, or Daniel says, when it happens again, I need you to get on a train and go to Queens College Physics Department because I need you to mm -hmm. find me. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you find me, I need you to tell me to set the machine to 2.342 and it must be oscillating at 11 hertz. If the numbers don't convince me, I need you to tell me that you know about Eloise. Yeah. And uh, Dan makes the comment that you can't change the future. So they're kind of, I think, trying to communicate some rules about yeah. how this whole time travel thing is going to work. Definitely. Um, so that we can't change the future. So that tells me that either... Just because he's experiencing it now doesn't mean it didn't happen in the past. That's true. Um, it's like, man, it's turning my brain to mush thinking <laughs> about it. But it's like he's either he's experiencing it again or by him going back and, and experiencing it, it changes the past. 
so it always happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it doesn't affect the future. Right. It's like he can change anything in the past he wants, but it's still not going to change the future. Yeah. Things will kind of course correct. Right. That kind of thing. You know, the way I see it is like, um, you know, Dan would have came up with his own formula eventually, uh-huh. you know, but this, this part here, um, all it does is, I guess, it, it, like you said, it kind of just, it's, it fills a, a position in the past mm-hmm. that allows the future to the outcome still to be the same, right. but confirms things, you know yeah. I mean? Especially with the whole Dan thing. I mean, mm-hmm. which was pretty, really, really cool. Yeah. I love the whole, the whole scene with him and Dan and, and Oxford and the, the test and all this stuff. You know, he takes a rat named Eloise and puts her into the maze. He says, if the numbers Desmond gave him are correct, it will unstick her in time. Just like you. Um, so he's saying Desmond is stuck in time right. between two different time periods. He turns the machine on and waits for her to you know, get back from whatever she's doing and then opens the maze to see what she does. And he's excited when she completes the maze and says it's incredible because he just finished the maze this morning and he's not going to teach her to run it until an hour from now. Yeah. So this rat went forward did he say it i forget if he didn't say how long forward no and that's what i was kind of curious like how do they determine how far forward they go or how far Mm -hmm. back they go it just kind of messes my head up a little bit there you know there's no like delorean yeah yeah (laughs) you know if there's a delorean then i get it you know but yeah i mean it's like he sends it some amount of time forward and then therefore the rat comes back Mm -hmm. and has the knowledge of how to run the maze because it went forward and you know in the in the future it had already learned mm-hmm. how to run the maze yeah and it could totally be that he is able to control how far forward by the elect uh, electromagnetic right. and by stuff those, like numbers. those numbers you know yeah. and maybe that has to do with why desmond is able to travel is because his mm-hmm. exposure to that radiation or that you know magnetic force uh-huh. you know it's you know so the element of of that that they they placed on the the rat is the same that was placed on Desmond. Right. Yeah. yeah good point. I mean, that little thing that he moves, it's like a, it looks like a light or something. Mm-hmm. He kind of moves it over the top of the rat and then it shines, you know, something it's like radiation yeah. of some sort. But it, he also says he sent the rat's consciousness or mind to the future, not the rat itself. So this yeah. isn't like, a person's body traveling back and forth. Yeah. Which is why when Desmond went back, he was in his 1996 body, mm-hmm. but knew exactly, knew that something weird was going on. Mm-hmm, definitely. Just his head that was traveling, basically. Yeah, I, I don't know if it, but see, that's the thing. Is his head traveling forward or is his, or is his head traveling back? Well, it starts off, I think, his head travels back. Yeah. But then when he comes back again, it's like his 96 right. brain, brain comes is going forward. forward. Right. And let's see, when he flashes back again, he's telling his uh, one of the other people in the army about what happened to him. Mm-hmm. So I assume it's still his 96 brain. Yeah, so he stays in the 96, which makes – it's kind of weird because it's like huh. like his 96 is the actual. Right. You yeah, know. it's like once he traveled back the first time, who he was, what he knew was replaced – by what who he was and what he mm-hmm. knew in 96 mm-hmm. kind of thing and then but he now here's one thing though he when he goes back to, when he goes to see daniel um he knows that daniel's gonna end up on the island mm-hmm. so it's like he's picking up bits and pieces as he kind of gets his bearings on what's happening but he still didn't remember saeed or anything well he? i don't think he knows dan i think he just remembers dan telling him you know and, and then calling the island and oh saying, yeah 
you know, so yeah, he'd go back and go, I only thing I know is you're on some bloody island. Yeah, you know, that's so right. He, he even says, yeah, the only thing, you know, all I really know is that you end up yeah. on an island. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it could still just be totally his 96, you know, right. mind at work here. But whenever, did he ever actually remember who Saeed was uh, even after the phone call? Or Yes, he did. He did. His memory goes, he said, and then he looked at and he goes, Saeed. Okay. You know. Okay. So, yeah, it's like he gets done flashing. Like, during the entire, you know, timeline of the flashes, he's his old self. Mm-hmm. And then after it's done and he's established as constant, mm-hmm. he's the new self. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that makes that more sense than it ever has, I think. So uh, Desmond gets back to the freighter, and we find out that the man strapped to the bed is Minkowski that we've been talking yeah. about. And he says every so often, you know, um, he'd get a flashing light on his console, and he says he wasn't supposed to answer it, and those calls were from Penny. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really make much sense out of that. I mean, no. so this group, they're on this boat. Uh, for some reason, Penny's making calls to their boat, and he's not either he's not supposed to answer it or they aren't supposed to answer yeah. the calls. Yeah, I, I can't I couldn't tell, you know, why Penny would have any kind of knowledge of this boat unless it's a mm-hmm. Whitmore thing, you know, right. and you know, that's the only thing I can make is of it is like, okay, it's some kind of Whitmore like you know, research team and you know, and he's the guy that everybody's working for. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know, it's like that's the only thing because I don't know why else Penny would figure this whole thing out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, back in the past... Unless she hooks up with Dan, and yeah. somehow they figure it out. It could happen, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so back in the past, you know, Desmond sees that Eloise has died, mm-hmm. and uh, Dan says that it was probably a brain aneurysm, and that the effects seem to, ver- to vary from case to case, but it, if this keeps happening, Desmond might die. Mm-hmm. So basically, he can't just keep doing this forever. Right. Eventually, it would kill him unless he has a constant. Yeah. And um, he says eventually Eloise got confused and couldn't tell, you know, which time she was in. She mm-hmm. needed to have an anchor, something to something stable, a constant. Right. Um, if you want to stop this, you need to find something there, something that you really care about that also exists back here in 1996. Um, he's back in the freighter and tells Saeed that he needs to call Penny now, and she she's going to be his constant. Mm-hmm. And uh, Minkowski says that two days ago, someone sabotaged all of their communications equipment. Uh, they look up, and someone has opened the door for them so that they can escape from the, the uh, what do you call it, the sick bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Desmond is again back in 1996. So they've got somebody on their boat who sabotaged them, basically. Right. So they have no communication with the outside world. And first person that popped to my mind was Ben's man on the boat. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Who that is, don't know, but definitely, yeah, that's got to be it. Yeah, but I think it's weird that, like, there's somebody on this boat doing this stuff. It didn't seem like a giant crew of people. No. It's like they, I I thought it was kind of weird that they didn't know who it was. Yeah. And couldn't figure out who it was. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, we see an auction taking place. I really like this scene here. Mm-hmm. Um, for the only known artifact from the Black Rock, which mm-hmm. we find out set sail March 22nd, 1845, um, when it was tragically lost at sea. Um, it's the journal of the ship's first mate, which has never been made public, and the contents are only known by the family of the seller, who was Tovard Hanzo. Of course, Oh, yeah. family member of Alvar Hanzo, who was mm-hmm. one of the, I think, the funders of the Darby Initiative. Yep. Mm-hmm. And a Mr. Charles Widmore bids and wins that journal. Yeah, which make, points back to his interest in this island, possibly, uh-huh. to me, you know. Yeah. 
Well, that's I was trying to figure out like it kind of get, I know it gives us more information like you can see it's kind of painting a picture for us for what's happening here. Yeah. And to me, it obviously it's obvious that Alvar Hanzo knew about the island. Oh yeah. He knew about the Black Rock being there was interested enough in it that he had this, you know, these relics from the yeah. Black Rock and then um, only he and his family knew about it. Mm-hmm. So there was probably information in those journals that was valuable. Exactly. In some way. But why is it coming up for auction now? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's only certain people like that would maybe even have an idea that that would be valuable. You know, right. I mean, and Mr. Whitmore right. was willing to pay whatever it took to get it. And that's what was so neat to me about this, this whole auction scene is that it seems like who in the world would even know what the Black Rock was unless yeah. they knew about the island? Yeah, well, I, um, unless somebody's just bidding on it for an antique, you that's know, reason. True. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. cool, that's 1845, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, but the, obviously Mr. Whitmore was, was mm-hmm. it Whitmore or Whitmore or whatever? Whit, yeah, with the Whit, D. Whit, yeah. Whit, 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 Whitmore, yeah. Yeah, Whitmore. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was going to get it, and he did get it. And so now I kind of get a, or Whitmore versus, um, what's their last name, Hans? Hanzo, yeah. Hanzo, you know, type. Right battle looking thing going on you know so oh yeah okay but it does seem like um widmore which i don't think we've really had any hint of this in the past is interested in the island oh yeah definitely definitely and it's really interesting too when you think back to you know we found out that desmond was on this race around the world which was sponsored Mm -hmm. by widmore which it almost like i think we even talked about it then it seemed like he was trying to find the island exactly and that's why he had this race around the world to see if somebody would hit it or something yeah and this so happened it was desmond you know yeah you know and i think i mean once again i think maybe desmond knew knew that that was going to happen and that he knew that was the way he was going to get penny back and he knew he'd put an end to widmore you know it's like it's setting up so much and that's what makes me wonder is if you know by desmond going back now and going back to 96 did he give did he give that knowledge to himself like because he went back did he know from that point on exactly what was going to happen he knew exactly what widmore's plan was he knew what was going to happen to he and penny and that's why he's kind of made some of the decisions he's made like he's he's been on the island i mean i just wonder if he knew any of that stuff was going to happen it makes me well I don't think I think he realizes that he is going to be there. Mm-hmm. I don't think he knew the details of it because, or he forgot them because mm-hmm. on the island, he never knew if he was going to see Penny again. Right. It was his motivation. Mm-hmm. He had when he thought back, it was like they broke up that one time and never talked again. Well, but I mean, as far even up to now, he still doesn't know whether or not he's ever going to see Penny again. Well, I know that, but I'm saying like, okay. I looked at it from this. Okay, if he, the last memory of him was whenever that he was running, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 that was it. You know, it's kind of like that's the Desmond we knew prior to this point. Mm-hmm. Okay, if he had the information that I'm going to talk to her again in a few in, in a month, right? You know, and I'm going to have this conversation with her. She's going to tell me she loves me. That's a whole different Desmond, uh-huh. you know. So it right. just seems like there's a you know this knowledge is now coming out. You know, yeah. So whether it was buried or not, I don't know. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards, you know, he didn't gain any new information in the past. Like, he didn't know anything that was going to happen in his future, even though he had traveled back to the past. Right. I mean, the only thing I can say that he might would know is that in eight years, I'm going to talk to Penny, and I'm going to be on an island yeah. at some point, you know. But I think that's the whole reason why, like, his, like, 
his personality, his mind was ninety the ninety six mind. Because if it had stayed his two thousand four oh, yeah. mind, he would know all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, he would be aware of traveling to the past, which would have probably screwed up his entire sure. life. But the ninety six version did uh, he did gain knowledge in a couple small things. Right. That was one, I've gotta talk to you in eight years. I mm-hmm. need your number. Right. Two, um, I'm gonna be somewhere mm-hmm. in eight years on some ship right you yeah. know it's where we're gonna have a conversation yeah i mean I that's mean, true yeah you know so at least he had that you know so i think maybe going well if you know i guess if i'm gone on this race and something happens whatever you know yeah. kind of gives him more of a you know i don't know for the eight years that he has to kill i guess he's probably up for whatever mm-hmm. right know? but yeah i mean i just i really want to get a better understanding of like how this this traveling back in time affects things, if at all. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're know. we're told flat out that it doesn't change the future. Yeah, sure. But I want to know if Desmond had, you know, from '96 on, if he had these kind of flashes of of knowing things were going to happen yeah. to him in the future. I don't know. I don't know. So they get to the communication station, and uh, it has clearly been broken really badly. And mm-hmm. Minkowski flashes, and his nose has started bleeding, and so is Desmond's. And Minkowski ends up dying and says, mm-hmm. I can't get back. So he's kind of stuck between times, I guess. Right. And Desmond goes to visit Penny in a flash, you know, in 96, and tells her that eight years from now he needs, he needs to give her a call, and, you know, he can't call her if she doesn't have the same number. And so basically plans to call her in eight years. Sure. Yeah, And if there's any part of you that still believes in us, give me the number. She gives it to him. He wakes back up in the freighter, and Saeed calls the number. Um, we heard the clip at the beginning, you know, just awesome stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, so apparently him visiting her and then her not hearing from him for so long is what caused her to, to begin searching for him mm-hmm. again. Um, she said she'd been looking for him for three for years. For three years, yeah. yeah. So now Desmond has his constant, and he's going to be okay. Yeah. Now, I tried to place... Where you know the conversation they have before Desmond went on the race around the world mm-hmm. at the you know at the to- the stadium or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm trying to place where all that fits into this uh, because um, the race was three years ago from now, so it's five years after you know this whole '96 thing. Right. Um, so she basically started looking for him the moment he left for the race. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Then. Yeah. And that, you know, basically it sounds like him having the little meet with her and telling her he was going to call her in eight years was enough to trigger her curiosity that she decided to start looking for him after five years or something. Yeah. So the last thing I had was back on the island, you know, Daniel's looking through his notes and comes to a page that says, if anything goes wrong, you know, Desmond Hume will be my constant. Yeah. So that's another one of those things that makes me question if Desmond going back in time changed Faraday because yeah. he knew from that point on it was always written in his journal that this Desmond Hume could be my constant but it's like until now he didn't know who that Desmond Hume yeah. was kind of thing. yeah I know there is some things that kind of passed through and that's I was kind of thinking about when George uh, died mm-hmm. I was like well is this Groundhog Day will he keep doing this yeah you know will he is he back and wherever he was and then we'll come back to this point and then it'll mm-hmm. cycle you know he, right you know like and but the, it does seem with that whole you know he's my constant there's definitely some things that were altered. Right. Maybe not changed, but there was some alter, you know, alterization, you know. Yeah. And I, I kind of think that they're wanting us to think, you know, that Desmond, it, it changed things. So Desmond has always gone back to talk to Faraday. 
it changed things. So, you know, Faraday always knew he was going to, you know, have this Desmond yep. as a constant. And, but it's like, did Faraday know who Desmond was before he got to this island? You know, did he have this I, memory you know, of meeting I wa- him? I wondered if that's why they got all emotional when they saw that the plane went down mm-hmm. and it was this, that, and the other. Like, I wondered if that's not what caused them to be so right. messed up. Like, oh, it's starting. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, do you have anything else from this episode? Loved it. Cried at the end. I'll yeah. admit that. <laughs> you know, whatever. Me and my wife both crying. So yeah, there's um, we had some great comments over at the forums. I mean, this is uh, one of the best episodes in many people's oh, opinions. It's one of my favorites. But uh, BCK Lockhart says that definitely one of the best episodes of Lost ever. This was a game changer. The whole time watching it was a journey. The phone call between Desmond and Penny was something very special. It was one of the best, if not the best, scene ever on Lost. It was very dramatic, romantic, and tender sweet. I don't think I'm the only one that was grabbing for a box of tissues while watching the scene. See? And he brings up, this is, this of course is, or oh wait a minute, this is of course the second time we have seen Desmond travel through time. The first time was when he turned the failsafe key and found himself back to a time when he, when he was with Penny and met Miss Hawking, mm-hmm. uh, the ring lady. When I first saw that episode, I didn't realize that it was Desmond from the island going back in time in his mind. I just thought Desmond from the, or Desmond from back then was having premonitions of what would happen and the ring lady was some sort of psychic. Yeah. So some great thoughts there. I'm afraid to read much more because I think we might be getting into spoiler territory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot more com- uh, comments here on the forums and always you can go to lostmysterypodcast.com slash forums and uh, go to the podcast episode discussions section and post your thoughts on upcoming episodes and we would love to share those with everyone. Yeah, I'm not uh, on the forums as much because of that exactly that uh-huh. reason. I'll go on there and I'll start to glance at something. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to even see anything any further. So yeah. uh, if you don't see me posting anything or talking about anything, then uh, don't think I'm just ditching you. I just don't want to get spoiled. So. Yeah, and it's really difficult because even though we've tried to divide things, so some forums are spoiler and other yeah. ones aren't. It's, I think people sometimes forget yeah. what things they've learned exactly. at different points, and yeah. it's, it's easy to kind of slip up. So. But, but, yeah, it's awesome that you guys are writing in. We'll continue to go through those, and that's, that's really cool. Yep. So thank you all very much for listening. On Wednesday, we'll be discussing The Other Woman. I don't remember who that episode is about, uh, but I think it's really great. Cool. Uh, but until then, you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, And also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.